Hello, good morning. This is Ray Pena, and I am bringing you today's word for April 8th, 2020. Today's word for April 8th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Passion Week because this week is Passion Week. This, in between the Sunday that was Palm Sunday and this particular Sunday coming up, which is Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, this week is known as Holy Week or as Passion Week. So we're talking about Jesus and what he endured on the road to the resurrection. Yesterday, we looked at John chapter 18, verses 1 through 10. Today, I'm going to deal with John chapter 19, verses 12 through 18. So what does this mean to you today? I want to jump straight into it. I have three things to share with you about Jesus. And as I share these three things, I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is saying to you through this message. Three things. Number one, here we go. Number one, it will work out for your good in the end. This is Romans 8 and 28. Listen, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's going to work out for your good. Even right now, what's going on in this world, what's going on in your life, I know that, that things may seem like they're going haywire, but at the end of the day, it's going to work out for your good. Let me tie that to Jesus. After Jesus was arrested, we already dealt with that whole thing, him being arrested. He was taken, watch this, from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night without any witnesses testifying against him. There were no true charges against Jesus, but somehow the crooked justice system of his day processed him in the middle of the night and they took him from stage to stage to stage and Jesus ultimately wound up in front of Pontius Pilate. He was there because the Jews couldn't have him killed without the Romans. Now, if it was just up to the Jews, they could have just done it themselves. But the Jews were under, the Israelites were under the captivity of the Romans. So they had to go to the Romans to get permission. They were asking the Romans because they didn't have the the, the full authority uh, to prosecute Jesus or to have Jesus killed. They went to Pontius Pilate, who was the governor of the region, and they were asking Pilate, a Roman governor, to approve Jesus's execution. The problem is that because Jesus really didn't do anything wrong, Pontius Pilate could find no fault in Jesus. And he wanted to set Jesus free. But the Jews, they were aggressive and they were persistent and they wanted Jesus killed. Now, Pontius Pilate had a dilemma because he's like, dog, I mean, these are the people that I need to govern. He was the governor, right? He didn't want like um, a riot on his hands. But he knew in his heart that Jesus was innocent. So he's like, okay, well, I know Jesus is innocent, but I, I still want to maintain my relationship with the Jews. So like any good politician, he came up with an idea. He came up with a plan. He was like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna take Jesus, a man I know who is innocent, clearly innocent, and I'm going to juxtapose him with a man that I know is clearly guilty, a murderer. His name is Barabbas. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put Jesus like this right here, and I'm going to put Barabbas right next to him, and I'm going to go to the people, and I'm going to ask the people, I'm going to say, listen, both of these men are about to be sentenced to death, but I'm, I'm willing to let you guys, as the people, commute one of the sentences. Whoever you decide between these two, and he thought he set it up pretty good because Barabbas was clearly guilty and Jesus was clearly innocent. So he's like, all right, I'm going to let the people decide. And so he says, I'll let the people decide. And whoever the people decide, this way he had an out, 
just like a politician, he says, whoever the people decide to let go, I'm going to let go. And so he just, in his mind, he was like, this is good. I know that they're going to pick Jesus. And so he was like, okay, hey, these are the two people, Jesus, Barabbas, whoever you guys want to let go, I'm going to commute their sentence and I'm going to let them go. And to his dismay, the people chose Barabbas. The people chose Barabbas. And with that, the only innocent man to ever live, the only truly innocent man to ever live was convicted and he was sentenced to death. Now, here's the point I'm going to make here is that we live in a fallen world and the devil is busy. So the devil is going to do everything that he can to rig the system against you because you're a child of God. The good news is that the father only allowed this crazy thing to happen because it was part of Jesus's purpose. And Jesus only accepted it because remember, he could have called for a legion of, uh, of angels to protect him, but he only accepted it because it was part of his purpose. So what I'm saying is that God can prevent and God can permit. And if God permits something to happen in your life, it is because one of two reasons, either one, you're reaping what you've sown, <laughs> in which case you can't blame God. Like if you made a bad decision, then you're going to get bad results and that's not God's fault. Or if you've done nothing wrong and still this thing is happening to you, then at the end of the day, if God is permitting it is because he has purpose wrapped up in it. Romans 8 and 28 says that all things are going to work together for good. This thing worked together for Jesus is good. Now, although it was not good and it was painful, in the end, it worked together for his good because it was part of his purpose. In the end, this thing is going to work together for your good as well. What the devil thinks he's doing to you, he's actually doing for you because in the end, it's going to work out for your good. In the end, this thing backfired on the devil. He, he thought he was winning. The, the demons thought they were winning when Jesus was going to the cross. But when the first drop of blood hit the ground, it sealed their fate. And I'm telling you that just like it backfired on them, the Bible says, had the princes of this world known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. I'm saying that just like it backfired on them, it's going to backfire on you. If the devil knew any better, he would leave you alone. The more he messes with you, the higher you are going to go because everything he he causes, he thinks he's causing for your evil, uh, for evil, God can turn it around for your good. In the end, everything is going to work out for your good. Say amen to that. All right. Number two. Number two. Now, it is Passion Week. So I want us to take a few moments right now to consider what Jesus endured for you, for me. Let's think about it. Jesus had the last supper with his disciples. He washed their feet and then he went off with Peter, James, and John, his inner circle to pray. And he prayed for hours. He prayed for himself, for the disciples, and for us, for every believer that will come through the annals of time. Then later, Jesus was betrayed by Judas. He was betrayed with a kiss. The police officers tied him up and they arrested him like a dirty criminal. They dragged him from mock trial to mock trial under the cover of darkness in the middle of the night. Then they then pleaded, the Jews did, with Pilate to have Jesus convicted. Once Jesus was convicted, they ordered a skillful torturer. This guy, this was his job, a skillful torturer who took a cat of nine tails. Now think of a, a leather whip that has nine whips on it. And, and nine leather straps. And every one of those leather straps had little pieces of, of metal and stone sewn into it. And this guy who was skilled in doing this, 
they put Jesus there. They opened up, you know, took the whatever clothes he had on. So his back was exposed. And this guy took this cat of nine tails. 39 times he hit Jesus in the back with the cat of nine tails. And with every whip, it was like he was getting hit nine times. And he repeated this 39 times. And every time he was hit, the little pieces of bone and stone drove into Jesus's back. And as the guy would yank the, the thing back, he was yanking it back. Then pieces of flesh would just rip off of Jesus's back. And this was repeated 39 times until in the end, Jesus's back was basically wide open and bleeding. And, and then uh, think about 39 times. And then after that, if that was not bad enough, they punched you. Listen, I'm from Brooklyn. I, I don't know about you, but one of the worst things you could do for somebody is to slap them in the face. They punched Jesus in the face. They slapped Jesus in the face. They put a hood over his, uh, over his face, and then they were slapping him in the face. This really irritates me. I'm telling you, even me saying it is making me mad. They slapped him in the face, and then they would say, prophesy who slapped you. Prophesy who slapped you. Then they took a, a, a thorn. They took thorns and twisted it up like a crown, and they drove the thorns into his head to where his face was bleeding as a mockery because he was supposed to be the king of the Jews, right? And so then they take his battered and bruised body and give him a cross and say, we're going to nail you to this cross, but we're going to make you carry this same cross that you're going to be nailed to up Golgotha's hill. And so as he's carrying this cross and he's battered and he's bruised and he's beaten and he's worn and he's tired and he's in pain, He's looking at people yelling at him and mocking him. And I guarantee you that there were some of those faces in the crowd were the same people that on Palm Sunday were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. So he was betrayed even by them. So at this point, Jesus is, look, think about Jesus. His disciples gone. The jokers didn't stay around. The people turned on him. He was sentenced when he never did anything wrong and he was beaten. So can you picture him? Now he's beaten silly. He's at the top of the hill. His back is ripped wide open. His skull has been pierced with the crown of thorns. He is tired from carrying the, the cross to Golgotha's hill. They lay him down on the cross and they take railroad spikes. Think about how big railroad spikes look like. And they take and they put it on his hands. And then they, they drove it through. Bang! Eesh. Bang! They drove the nails through his hands. They drove the nails through his feet. And then they lifted up the cross and threw him down. It's like it fell down in this hole. And as the cross fell down, his bones rattled. The pain was excruciating. And why did he do it? Why all this pain? Why all this torture? Why the crucifixion? The answer is simple. For you. For me. I want you to think about that for a minute. I know you got a lot going on. I know you have a lot on your calendar today, but just pause for a second. Think about what Jesus did for you. Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was looking forward 2,000 years. And he saw your face. And he said, I'm going to do it. I could have angels come kill all these people, but I'm not going to do that because of you, because of me. He did it for us. So number three, my last point, make your life worthy of Jesus's death. You only get one life. And when you think about what Jesus did, 
It should make you want to make your life worthy of Jesus's death. Jesus paid a great price for you. Yeah, I know. I know it's not comfortable right now with COVID-19 and what's going on. But listen, whatever you think you're suffering, it, it pales in comparison to what Jesus suffered for you. He understands. We serve a God that, can, that understands what it's like to be betrayed. He understands what it's like to go through pain. He understands what it's like to go through situations, even like the one that we're going through. Not only does he understand, but he cares. The last thing I'll tell you is that you got to live your life in a way that makes it worth it. One of the things that I'm determined, I'm determined that to, when I get to heaven, I want to be able to look at God after I worship. I want to be able to say, I did it like I did. I did everything that I could. People ask me, well, Rick, how is it that you and Isabella do this? You do that. And, you know, listen, I only, we only get one chance at this. We only have one life. And so all I want, I, I, I'm not trying to compare myself to nobody. I'm just going to, God is only going to compare me against my purpose. God is going to take my ruler, the ruler of my purpose and measure me against my ruler. He's not going to measure you against my ruler. He's not going to measure me against yours. I just want to be able to get to heaven and say, look, your grace on me was not wasted. Your grace was not in vain. Your death, I lived my life in honor of Jesus' death. And I trust that you can do the same. If, if that's not your mentality, right now it's time to make some changes. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and, and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for reminding me of the price Jesus paid for me. Jesus was bruised beaten, tortured, and crucified for me. Jesus willingly took the pain associated with the cross for the joy that was set before him. And I am part of that joy. Jesus thought about the great cloud of witnesses that would be saved because of his blood. And I'm one of those people. I have been saved because of Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus died for me. Jesus took my place. Jesus paid my debt. Jesus saved me from sin, Satan, hell, and the grave. So Father, I am eternally thankful to you for your son, Jesus. And I now live my life in honor of Jesus's death. Jesus's death for me shall not be in vain. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. I know that we're busy. I know we got a lot going on, but listen, it's Passion Week. <laughs> Sunday is Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. We need to spend some time to think about what Jesus did for us and then live our lives in honor of his death. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, and you'll put your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, do me a favor. I know this message is something I trust was a blessing to you. I know other people need to hear it. So let's share it right now on your social media, on your timeline with your friends. Leave me a comment. Let me know how this series or these messages are being a blessing to you. Head into this day determined right now that you're going to live your life 
in honor of Jesus' death. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.